You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee, an afternoon version. It's a Sunday night version. It's not even an afternoon version. We kind of had to gather our thoughts today after after seeing what we saw this afternoon. How about this, Charlie? Man, we won two out of three at home against Ole Miss. We won, went on the road to Baton Rouge, a place where we have played extremely well. And we win two out of three against LSU. What did we witness this weekend? Boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> where do you start to unpack what we just saw? Um, and let, let's, I guess, Bart, kind of work through it. The first thing I think we saw, and this probably bears some discussion because he took some heat from people who weren't in on the gag, so to speak, because we elected not to throw Cade Smith on Friday. And we just take a pounding on Friday night. And it was doing that that set the stage. So, again, a lot of people didn't like it. But I think Chris Lamonis saw the playbook from Auburn. He used it. And we just won a series because of it. We effectively punted that ball game on Friday. Anybody who follows baseball knew what we were up to. Skeens was everything he was made out to be. And I'm not sure if we'd have had Roger Clemens throwing for us, it would have made any difference. You let Skeens do what he was going to do, which is win a game, and you set yourself up to attack the weaker part of that rotation in the bullpen, and it worked out. So first thing I think we witnessed, although unpopular at times, a good decision. Yeah, and we kind of called that on Friday as well in our deep dig and saying, hey, get ready. The odds were high that we were going to get the run ruled in that first game. And, Charlie, I don't want to – man, I really don't want to do it this early in the broadcast, in this podcast, talk about LSU because, you know, this is about us. But, man, let me tell you this. Once you get past Paul Skeens, they use nine pitchers today. Once you get past Ty Floyd, and so, hey, they're going to have some decisions to make when regionals come around. Do you start Paul Skeens in game one? Because let me tell you this, with their bullpen, I'd be scared to start anybody else in game one. I agree with you, and I hate to take everything back to NIL, but let's go to NIL for a minute. You shore up a lineup that was already good. LSU hit the ball. I still feel like the Arkansas approach is right. I mean, look, would you love to have Paul Skeens? Absolutely. But, man, you got to have balance in baseball. They have the best pitcher. They have arguably the best position player in Dylan Cruz, a guy hitting 445 right now. But what do you? how is it sustainable? How can you prop that up other places? Man, I'm just telling you, I look at Arkansas, and I think depth, particularly in the pitching staff, is more important. And LSU just dropped two out of three because that rotation, that pitching staff is very top-heavy. It really is. And I'll never say anybody will never win a national championship, especially after what happened last year. But, man, I'll tell you what, I go back with what you just said, Charlie. 
Arkansas and the depth that they got. Not just the depth, you know, on the mound, on the back end. Their their bullpen is really good, and they've lost so many guys. But, man, you know, play, they're playing three or four dudes who are not hitting 200. They're just kind of piecing it together with depth, and their depth has, has been to this point. Now, LSU has gone out and, you know, they've bought high. I mean, that's what they have done. They have – they have paid the most probably of anybody in the country, and probably not even probably. I mean, they have. But my goodness. Um, and so you kind of ask yourself that question. You know, if if you get all the NIL money, what do you do with it? I mean, do you do it like Arkansas did it, or do you go for the top end like LSU has? Yeah, and I guess it's still a new venture, so we'll figure it out as we go a little bit. But I'm looking at this from today. Coleman starts the game for LSU, goes two and two-thirds. You only got 50 pitches out of him. Then Gidry goes two-thirds, gives up three runs. Then Herring comes in okay for a while. But then you got Little, Money, Ackenhausen, and Collins all come in the game and all give up runs. I mean, so you got four straight guys you go to the bullpen. Every one of them gives up a run. And a couple of them, what we're talking about – Little gives up four earned runs in a third of an inning. Money goes an inning and a third, gives up one. Ackenhausen doesn't get an out and gives up two. You got Collins, goes two-thirds, gives up two. I mean, we're talking about ERAs that are starting to leap off the page a little bit. And then the other thing about LSU, because we talk about this, and this is – I don't want to compare everything to LSU, but what, do we, what have we said about our pitching staff? Man, if we didn't walk people, we would be much better. Look at what LSU did today. They walked 10 guys. You can get really excited about the 14 strikeouts, but they walked 10 guys in a game where they had a commanding lead where the only thought was run rule, and they couldn't find somebody to come in and just throw it in the zone. That's um, that's tough. If, you, if I had asked you before the game started that Gerangelo – Dome, Holcomb, and Casey Hunt would combine for two and two-thirds. I would tell you this is going to be a seven-inning game. Hey, we said this a couple weeks ago. It may have been last week. We were talking about Tyler Davis, and if you're looking for any positive coming out of, out of getting swept, it had to have been maybe Tyler Davis is beginning to put it together. We don't win today without Tyler Davis. Well, I'll go a step further and say this. When we were talking the other day, and you're saying how do you approach that ball game on Friday – I was basically the mindset of put Tyler Davis out there and let him just eat up innings and figure you're not going to win and just kind of waste him. Had we done that, we don't win. We don't win the ball game today if we had used Tyler Davis. Um, look, no secret, he struggled early. But, man, to Alex Box to come in and mop up duty. And how many times do we talk about the importance of just holding it where it is? He came into that ball game in a really, well, I won't say unpromising. I mean, the, the reality is we were on the edge of being 10 run ruled, but that guy comes in four innings, doesn't give up a run, just two hits. I mean, how huge was that for what should have been, what do you call it, mop-up duty, but the guy just helped get it done. And then you go back and you look at it, he only walked one in those four innings, only gave up two hits. He only struck out two, but what did he do? He pitched a contact. And got out of it. I man, I think you could make the argument that Tyler Davis, in kind of a funny way, is your player of the game today. Yeah, I mean we're down thirteen to four 
after four after five innings. And then we score four runs in the sixth and five more in the seventh. And here's why, you know, and listen, I know, it's an uphill battle. Georgia got swept this weekend on the road at Missouri. Missouri did what they had to do this weekend. You know, for us to pass Missouri, it's it's going to take a, a big weekend next weekend and just a complete downfall for Mizzou. Georgia is even with Missouri right now. Both those teams are going to have the, the tie break with us, uh, but just because of what they did at the top of the, you know, Vanderbilt, uh, Missouri had success with Vanderbilt. Georgia had success with Arkansas. Those are two teams that are high up there, and so you, you probably lose the head-to-head with both of those. But I, I tell you, here's where we talked about this the other day, Charlie, about how this felt so tough because you were not winning any games late. You didn't win any games late last year. And we we made mention of 2008. As bad as it seemed in 2008, at least we were winning some games late. Hey, listen, I know we're probably not going to make the SEC tournament. We're not going to make the NCAA tournament. And I know there's some upset people, and they, they should be. I mean, there's no excuse for Mississippi State to miss the SEC tournament in back-to-back baseball seasons. But to me, this weekend showed one thing. One is you kind of had wondered had this team quit. You hate to say that, but you kind of wondered had they quit, had they given up the ghost. And what today shows me in the fifth inning or sixth inning, after you go down 13-4 to to be able to scratch back and get four runs right there, and then pop five more in the seventh. I think that answered that question. So let me ask you a question that would be unpopular with some people. Can't I make the argument at this point, if we take two out of three next weekend, whether you make the tournament or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, look, we don't have the pitching to go to Hoover and make a run. We just don't. But can't you feel good? about how the team responded if you win four of your last six against LSU and Texas A&M, regardless of what Hoover happens. And if you accept that, then aren't we just going into next weekend saying let's win a series and let the chips fall where they may? Well, that's the thing is neither you nor I are going to be anywhere near the room when any kind of decisions are made anyway. But – at least it gives you some positivity going into next year with some younger guys. Now, you have to – you start talking about NIL and you start talking about, you know, what Zach Arnett's approach is, which is probably going to have to be the approach of Chris Lamonis as well, is holding on to guys and making sure you get them back. Because right now you feel positive about a David Mershon who had a great day today, had four hits in the game today. You've got some young talent – that you need to get back. You've got some guys that are sophomores that you want to get back as well. And so to me, just giving, you know, just giving some positive vibes in that locker room. Now, let's let's be honest. There are some that probably need to hit the portal. I mean, there are some that probably need to hit it. There are some that need to hit it. But the, 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 you know, just having positivity in that last couple of weeks and what it does to your locker room giving you a chance to hold on to some pieces that uh, that next year. And then you come back next year, you use some NIL, you kind of use that Arkansas approach where you try to build depth 
you know, then then all of a sudden you can climb out of it. And hey, we've said this for a long time too. We, we've said this since the start of NIL two years ago. It is a different game because in the old days, man, in 2008, we didn't make the SEC tournament. We hired a new coaching staff, and it took three, four years to get it back to where it was. In today's world, it doesn't take as long to get it back. And so, but you, you, hey, you can't do the complete retool. You got to have some of your guys on your roster coming back, and we got to hold on to some of them. One of the guys that you feel really good about their future here, I think you have to after this weekend, is David Mershon. Uh, Mershon has a couple of hits in the ball game on Saturday, goes two for four, hitting ninth in the order, and then today moved up to the top of the order, goes four for five, scores three runs. He showed a little gap power here and there, switch hitter at the top. I don't know if you saw my tweet, Bart, but my son immediately screamed out after the final out had been recorded. So if for those who don't remember, Aaron Nixon had walked a guy, so we've got a man on first, we've got one out. He had gotten into a 3-2 count, runner goes. It was a pinch runner at first who tries to steal there's a fly ball out to right that Kellum Clark goes and gets. But instead of standing around and watching, Amani Larry and Mershon, Amani Larry is acting as if he is fielding the ground ball. Mershon, the shortstop, is acting as if he is going to take the throw. And it holds that runner's attention for just one extra tick, just one extra portion of a second. So he's not getting back to first. And that gives Kellum Clark the time to make the catch, then make the throw to first. And so one of the things we've talked about this year and people have talked about is where are we fundamentally? That was a very disciplined, a very good fundamental play that goes almost completely unnoticed. Faking out a runner to hold him just a little bit longer. And you go and you look, those are two guys who could be back next year. And both of them at times have really been a help to you. And so there's there's a couple of pieces right there as you start to look down the road and say, hey, where can we be? That was a veteran play is what it was. I mean, it looked like two guys that had played the middle infield together for a long time. And it kind of gives you that thought. Now, you know, a lot of people, I had some people you know, texting me on Friday about Mershon. Well, Mershon didn't go after a ball. And Chris Lamona said afterwards he got lost in the lights. He just didn't see it. But, man, I'll tell you what, he's a spark plug. I mean, and just the ability to get into the lineup, second half of the season, I think he makes Amani Larry even better in the middle of the infield. Hey, Amani made some really good plays. We made some good plays in the field. And so, yeah, that was a that was a veteran play. I'll tell you who else makes veteran plays, and that's our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. They're big time every Sunday for our Sunday coffee. Today is a little bit of a eh, – it's not a decaf. I can drink coffee at 7 o'clock at night, Charlie. Doesn't bother me at all. Strange Brew Coffee House, they got the pods back. They just had a big refill in their warehouse. They have all that blueberry cobbler-flavored coffee. They have just the straight-up coffee like you drink, the blackened coffee with no cream, no sugar. You can go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and get all of that Strange Brew coffee. Get the mugs as well. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. I'm in the roving Farm Bureau studios. Charlie's back in Startville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. 
agents all across the state of Mississippi, Farm Bureau. Well, Charlie, I still can't believe what we saw because when you start drilling down at it, and what have we said all season long? It's about not throwing strikes. Nixon today threw 28 pitches and only 12 were strikes, but he made some really huge pitches in his two innings of work. And you have to remember, too, Nixon coming back on short rest, giving you back-to-back days pitching. So Nixon, in the ball game on Saturday, threw 16 pitches. And a lot of people say, well, he only threw 16 pitches, big deal. Well, he threw 16, 10 of those were strikes. And, you know, there's more than just how many you throw on the mound. It's the process of getting hot in the bullpen. It's all those things that once you get hot and are used – at some level, look, there's a huge difference in throwing 16 and 45, but the difference in throwing 5 and 25 isn't that big a deal. Once you've gotten through it, heated up, I mean, you're used. I thought Nixon came back today, and what he gave you was just some toughness. And Nixon, Nixon is one of these guys who is a baseball – if there was whatever you call a gym rat for baseball, that's what Nixon is. I mean, this guy loves the game of baseball. And I thought what you saw today was a guy who did not have his best stuff, a guy who didn't have great command, but who got out there and competed and gave you two innings when you had nowhere else to turn. I thought what he did today was was really impressive. Okay, let's look back at yesterday. You can't win two out of three without winning the first one. So let's not even talk about Friday night. You got to be 12 to one. We kind of saw that coming. And so yesterday, Cade Smith, six innings of work, gives up two runs, four hits, seven strikeouts, five walks. He threw 109 pitches, 67 strikes. And let me tell you this, you start thinking about positivity here at the end of the season. We talk about Mershon and Larry and about the veteran play that, that, that on that last play. We talk about Tyler Davis. But to me also, in the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, you're seeing Kate Smith, a guy that we thought could be a frontline starter for us for the past three years, and you're seeing Kate Smith really live up to those expectations. I think what you're seeing in Kate Smith is a guy who's a dog. We've talked a few times, and last week when we were talking about needing dogs, I think we both said, hey, we're not knocking Cade Smith. But I think he just showed you again. Your team got run ruled the day before. You, you come out into a tough spot, and what he did, was he perfect? No, no, but he competed. And that's the thing you can always say about Cade Smith is you're going to get a guy who goes out there and competes. And, man, I just you got to tip your hat to that guy. But then, hey, so follow right back up off that, okay? Cade Smith gives you the six innings. You go to Holcomb, you hit two batters. And what are some of the things we sometimes say, man, we're leaving guys in too long. That was it. He was done. You go to the bullpen, and then KC Hunt comes in, and he gives you two innings. And look, I mean, you know, you got a little shaky a couple of times, right? A couple of hits, a couple of walks. But you got two innings without allowing a run in that ball game, and all that gets you to the back end in Nixon. And then how about this, Bart? How many times, if I had told you this stat, we walked three times and we struck out 15, where are you taking us right there? You giving us a chance at winning that ball game? <laughs> Not at all. I mean, we had some guys that really struggled at the plate in that game yesterday, 
in game two of the series and striking out, as you said, the 15 times. I want to go, I want to go back to KC Hunt and kind of what you just said a minute ago about Chris Lamonis coming out quickly and getting Colby Holcomb out of the game yesterday and today as well. But Casey Hunt goes two innings in the game yesterday. You talked about Casey. He kind of wavered a little bit there, but able to get out of some jams, didn't give up a run. And then today you go back to Casey Hunt late in the game, and he walks the leadoff man on four pitches. And here comes Chris Lamontis out of the dugout quickly. And you realize real quick you're trying to you know, back-to-back, back-to-back a guy who performed okay yesterday trying to get him back today. You didn't give him a chance at that second batter today. I mean, it, Chris Lamontis made a quick walk out there today. Yeah, so, boy, you got to say this. Right or wrong, we were at least decisive <laughs> in, in making some some decisions at times on the mound. All right, we talked about uh, in our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday, and, of course, Tracks Plus now with five locations, three in the state of Mississippi, Hickory's the original location, Starkville, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now over in Bessemer, Alabama, Tracks Plus, Barco for the Foresters, Saney Excavators, and Mini Excavators for the Dirt Contractor, and of course, Massey Ferguson Tractors and Implements for all the farmers out there who just need something around the house, and so our good friends at Tracks Plus, and we talked about our two guys that could smoke you on Friday, and I thought Dylan Cruz was the easiest pick that you could ever have made, Charlie. Hey, we pitched that dude real well this weekend. No, we absolutely did. And, man, that guy, what does it say about Dylan Cruz, though, that we feel pretty good about how we handled him? And he was on base five times today. Um, You you just didn't let him have heroics. Is that a fair way to look at it? Now, you did. he went over three in the game on Saturday. But he walked a couple of times, or walked, yeah, walked a couple of times in the ball game. So he was on the bases. I thought the thing you didn't do though is you didn't let him have those highlight reel moments against you. Is that a fair analysis of it? I can go with that. Even though Dylan Morgan loves to hit against Mississippi State. Well, when you look at it, there's uh, there's several guys who like hitting against Mississippi State. You know, hitting wasn't the problem for LSU. I mean, what they put up today. They put up 13 hits. Man, hey, how about this about LSU? They don't get cheated in their swings, do they? And nor should they. In that ballpark, wind was blowing out a little bit today. Hey, it doesn't take a whole lot. And we talked about this the other day. Ross Highfield ran into the fastball of Skeens the other night and put one out to left field. That was our, you know, our only run. But we said, look at Ledbetter. I mean, we look at Kellum Clark. I mean, hey, we haven't talked about Kellum Clark. Here's the thing. We talk about Kate Smith getting better at the end of the year. We talk about Mershon providing the spark. But let me tell you this. Kellum Clark has become a selfless hitter in the last three weeks. Him going to left field has made him such a better hitter over the last month and a half. He has done such a great job. Now, sometimes, I mean, he is is almost like, you know, he just can't help it. He's wanting to to ring that ball out to right field on every single pitch. But he's going to have two, three at-bats a game where he sits back, he uses the opposite field, and Kellum Clark is a much better hitter over the last month of the season because he's willing to go the other way. I'm going to give you another guy who is playing well and won't get the attention he deserves for it. 
and that's Luke Hancock. Luke Hancock goes three for four with a home run in the ball game on Saturday. He comes back today, has another good day at the plate, goes two for four. And right now, for all the criticism that Luke Hancock sometimes takes, here's what you got. You got the highest on-base percentage on the team from Luke Hancock. His on-base percentage is 453. He has struck out 18 times this year. He's walked 41. And that guy in these two games where I don't even mean like saving the season. I don't even mean like because we're not going to postseason, but just to save some pride, just to have a little bit of pride in what you've been doing, goes five for eight, walks another couple of times today, and walked another time yesterday. So he got on base eight times in 11 plate appearances in those two ball games. I think that's another guy you just got to tip your hat to, in my view. Oh, yeah. Somebody else you got to tip your hat to, and that's our good friends at Heartland Catfish, producing that great U.S. farm-raised catfish right here in the state of Mississippi, over in the Mississippi Delta in Itabina. Heartland Catfish, from the ponds all the way to your plate, and it's outstanding. And they serve it at great restaurants around the southeast. And one of those great restaurants, we talked about this on Friday, Shivers Creek Fish House in Panola, Mississippi, down in Simpson County, Simpson County, Panola. And so they have that great catfish. I mean, it is awesome. It's kind of on the back, back uh, rows now. you got to go south of Mendenhall. It's north of New Hebron, which is the home of Eric Dampier. Is it New Hebron or New Hebron? Is that like Lebron or LeBron? Yeah, it's New Hebron, whatever. Hebron, it's New Hebron. That's what it's going to be today but the home of Eric Dampier. It's just north of there at Shivers Creek Fish House. It's outstanding, and that's brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Charlie, hey, listen, you guys going to have some kind of basketball tournament? What are you doing in Starkville in the next few months? Man, we're working on a deal calling it uh, Dunks in the District. We're going to get back old Mississippi State basketball players Get us a court down the district and have some three-point shooting contests, some three-on-three, get some current players out there, signing autographs for kids. I think it's going to be a really cool event. Teaming up with the guys who were the creative and and not just creative, but the entire force behind the Startwell Derby, the wiener dog race we talked about. So stay tuned for some details on that, but something coming pretty cool there. The other thing we've got going with the Bulldog Initiative is our women's coaching clinic or women's football clinic. That's coming up on June 17, and it is uh, something people need to get signed up for. We went live with the reservations for that just yesterday, and they are clicking off. It's going to be a cool after party with auction, all sorts of things that you can bring your husbands to as well. So um, got a couple of cool things going, and all that's going to be going on here in Startville and Look, man, one of the things everybody asks, what are you doing with NIL? You know, one of the things we want to do is create events, bring people into Starville, make them kind of continue to build on that partnership between the university and the town. So a lot of cool things go in there. Yeah, one of the reasons I'm out of town today is I've got the Road Dogs Tour coming up this week. We've got a lot of stuff going on this week, Road Dogs Tours. And we're going to be at uh, Sully's in Gulfport tomorrow night, Zach Arnett, Zach Selman, I'll MC this deal. 
And then on uh, Tuesday at 11.30, the BB Club in Vicksburg there as well. Tuesday night, the Country Club of Jackson. That's at 6 o'clock. And then on Wednesday this week, we'll be in Tyler, Texas at noon. And then Houston, Texas on Wednesday night at 6. Tyler, Texas, the Cantina Laredo. And then in Houston, the St. Arnold Brewery. And that's at uh, 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. And that was the final uh, legs of the Road Dogs Tour. Country Club of Jackson's where we'll be on Tuesday night uh, down in the Jackson area. And so, hey, make your plans to head on over there. If you have any questions, go to alumni.msstate.edu. And so, Charlie, I tell you what, man, it's uh, it feels a lot better to be talking about wins. It's very similar to every week when you – Go to Cannon Ford of Startville. They're talking about wins every weekend and every day, whether it be on the lot with their new or used cars, whether it be in their service center, whether if you need a new spray and bed liner, need new brake pads, whatever you need the service center. Got that light that's dinging, you don't know what it is. And then in the body shop as well, if you run into somebody so excited about the dogs winning two out of three, Forget to stop, run into the back of somebody, ding up your bumper, need to take it somewhere, take it to Cannon Ford of Starville. As for Chris Keene, he's good friends, good people. He's an Illinois boy. He'll get you taken care of. And that's our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starville. All right, Charlie, got anything else for the good of the cause? I have two things. First, I know that you and Bo Hemphill are going to be out on the road with uh, road dogs. I won't be able to make those, but if anybody's got any Bulldog Initiative questions or knows somebody who does, I'm going to encourage you to point them towards one of you guys because you guys can help point them to me or whoever we need to. That's point number one. The second point is this. I get it. This doesn't erase the situation or where we are. This doesn't make up for the fact that it's going to be year two uh, without making the SEC tournament in all likelihood. Is it possible we make it? Sure. But is it likely? Absolutely not. That's not good. I get all those things. But here's the bottom line. You kind of got to live your life as it comes. It's like I was telling my kids today. They were all looking at their phones, you know, live where your feet are. Um, This weekend, I'm going to choose to live where our schedule is. And our schedule was in Baton Rouge this weekend, and we took two out of three. Anytime you go to LSU and take two out of three, you know what? You ought to be happy about it. You ought to be really happy about it. And when this was one of the teams who was being hyped up coming into the year as one of the best all-time teams, and look, they are. They may have the first two picks in the draft. They may – this is a team that could have seven first-round picks over the next two years, maybe eight. So uh, we just beat a good baseball team two out of three. And you know what? I'm happy about that. The point of my comments on LSU – isn't to say they're not any good. Man, they got major league talent all over the field. And do we have things we need to fix? Do we need to get better at some things? Do we have to make adjustments? Do we have changes to make? You bet. Absolutely. And so I don't want any of my excitement to pass off as somebody who's sticking their head in the sand and says, hey, this makes it all better. It doesn't. But you know what? For today, my feet are planted in this weekend and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of this. We beat our baseball rival two out of three at their place. Don't ever forget it, Charlie. They are the baseball rival. 
Oh, I can't forget. I can promise you that. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, thanks again. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the Sunday Coffee, a late a Sunday version, and appreciate you hanging out with us uh, for the Sunday Coffee. Once again, thanks to our good friends at the Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com for the bugs, the coffee. The pods are back in. They got a lot of them. And so they're just waiting on you to order them at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Tracks Plus, go to tracksplus.com for new or used heavy machinery. Farm Bureau, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go to Farm Bureau, go to favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Cannon Ford of Starville, if you're looking for a new or used car, the body shop, the service center. They got it all for you right there just east of Starwell on Highway 182. Heartland Catfish and our good friends at Shiver Creek Fish House down in uh, Simpson County. Great place to make it your next weekend. That's a great place to go. Kind of off the beaten path, that makes it perfect for you at Shiver's Creek Fish House down in Simpson County. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And also go to startville.org, Mississippi's college town. Charlie will have a, a big event coming up with the basketball. And of course, go to startville.org if you're making your plans of coming to campus this next weekend. Stay playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday against Texas A&M. Of course, Charlie and I will be on the call on Tuesday night. North Alabama comes in for the final non-conference game of the year. And then we should have all three games this next weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as the Dogs end their regular season at home against Texas A&M. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.